This album's called Glory. <laughs> yep. Glory's our favorite. If you're not on the glory, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> Wasted again in Gloryville. <laughs> Amen. Fresh glory to everybody tuning in right now. Have a drink. Out of your belly comes a Jehovah Wana dispensary. And you all have medical licenses. The doctor prescribes you smoking a kilo to your head every day. Kilo Ministries. Kilogram Glory. Just smoking the tree of life. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, glory. Glory, it's good to see everyone's personality filled with the glory. In a high and lofty place of great grace. In the year Satan died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah 6. How did you see him, Prophet Isaiah? I, I saw him high. And lifted up. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Shabbat. You know, it's so interesting how this works in the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see everyone intoxicated on the blood. It's fun in the glory. One thing about the glory, it's always exciting. Let's see here. I'm not feeling that one. That one's called glory. 
It's just a little. That was lame glory. <laughs> Corny cheesy glory. That's the time and season for every type of glory in the kingdom. It's okay if people are on the corny, cheesy glory. I'm not gonna judge. At least they're experiencing God. People say, are those manifestations from God? All manifestations are of the flesh. Because God can only get through flesh, so get used to it. You know, you won't be irritated if you're drowned in the river because the manifestations are so carnal it startles everyone's mind and the only way you ever get used to it is if you're doing the dead man's float and you just don't want to grieve and quench the spirit you want the river to flow freely all we're here to do is facilitate a river. That's what the fivefold is. Remember the five smooth stones of David when he took out Goliath? All he did is went to the river. All you have to do to defeat all spiritual enemies is go to the river and drink. Stay in the river and stop your thinking and increase your drinking. The carnal mind is death. But you have Jesus in your spirit, and the Bible says that God is greater than our hearts. 1 John 3.20, God is greater than our hearts. Isn't that amazing? God in you is greater than you. Eventually, the mind realizes that. That's the realization of the glory, that I have the greater one in me. That I have someone far superior than myself, and he got himself through the blood of Jesus into your spirit. He'll never leave your spirit, and he'll never forsake your spirit, but he'll kill your soul. Yeah, that's true. He will. You don't need to worry about the devil stabbing you in the back. Jesus, kill your whole body on the cross. You don't need to worry about betrayal. Jesus, hang that whole thing up on a tree and kill it. False Christianity is the cleaning up of the soul and the flesh and cleaning up of the goat. So there are a bunch of good goats down here in false Christianity, which is the horror of Babylon. Practicing Babylon the Great instead of Zion the Great. Two cities in Revelation. You know, Babylon is a city of the carnal mind. Zion is a city of the mind of Christ. You only walk in the mind of Christ if the carnality is crucified. How do we crucify the carnality? The Word of God. That's why people don't read their Bibles, because they don't want to die with them. You know, once you get a taste of the Spirit in your mouth, crucifying your carnal members simply comes at the cost of the Word. Getting your flesh uncomfortable and getting your spirit as the comforter. I will send the comforter. He doesn't comfort the soul in the flesh. He's not comforting sin. He's not comforting religion. He's comforting the new creature that's born in the midst of a total manger of animal manure pile. 
<laughs> Problem is, Christians pray for their flesh to be comforted and it don't happen, so they lose their faith. They didn't have faith to begin with. You can't lose faith. You didn't have spirit faith to begin with. You had carnal, soulish faith. You can lose that. Yeah. You can lose the knowledge of good and get into knowledge of evil and just like, there's no God now because the soulish fake Christianity I got into proved to me that there's no God. Well, it proved to you. you know, only thing it proved is there's no God in hell, but there's a devil in hell that disproved God's existence in the soulish carnality of Babylonian witchcraft. Yeah, that God's not in the tree of knowledge is what's proven to. God's in the tree of life where there is no strife. God's in your belly. God's in your spirit. The greater one's in your spirit. The glory's in your spirit. The kingdom is in your spirit and we can rear it which means bring it into maturity amen at the cost of the soul and the mind the only struggling we have is a lack of dying to self you know the thing is is we want the self life to live because we like sin the reason why your spirit's not stronger is because you're still enjoying sin you're still enjoying the tree of knowledge if you hated the tree of knowledge, you wouldn't sin. You just eat from the tree of life. You know, don't even lie to yourself. Don't lie to God. Look at Ananias and Sapphira. Don't lie to God. Just tell God the truth. God, I still struggle that I like this stuff because I'm totally flippin' deceived. And just get real and raw with the Holy Ghost because He already knows. He just wants you to get real with yourself. He wants you to keep it real. He doesn't want play acting. Jesus, more than anything, hated hypocrisy. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? There's never been a man who's ever lived who hated hypocrisy more than Jesus. The word hypocrite means a play actor, a pretender. Now, it doesn't mean you're all good. I mean, look, he hung out with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. He just wanted you to be real. They would humble themselves and be real. I'm a sinner. You're not worthy to come under my house. I'm eating in your house today. That's what he said to the sinners. Because they were real. Righteousness is accounted to you by grace when you keep it real with God. If you fake it, you're not going to make it. If you get real, it's a holy deal. Mm. And it's a good deal with God because He will keep giving you grace and building up your spirit. Your weaknesses get smaller and smaller and your strengths get bigger and bigger. The negativity goes down. The positivity increases. Your spirit will rise in the truth. The Bible says truth is what sets free from what soul and flesh. (laughs) Truth is what leads your spirit into all truth, which is transfiguration. The spirit of truth given by Jesus Christ lifts your spirit up into the presence of his glory by simply keeping it real every day, which means you'll, you'll have the full realization of the animal soul and the animal brain. Because you'll have to identify with truth in these realms. And those are the realms we don't want to step into with the spirit. Because it reveals the animal nature entirely of soul and mind. The beast. This is why Horror Babylon's fashioned. 
and you just have a remnant. The Bible actually says in Revelation, only the prophets are rejoicing, and the whole body of Christ as a whore of Babylon, which means unrenewed minds, technon believers, in other words. Just simply technon baby Christians, unrenewed Christian minds, which is the whore of Babylon. Anyone who doesn't have the mind of Christ, which is spiritual intelligence and a crucified carnal mind, is a member of that body, and it will be baptized. So there's hope. But there is severity in the destruction of the carnality. It has no future of the kingdom age. It is going down. And if, if it goes down and you understand why, then you can embrace the baptism. <clears throat> it's all about embracing sanctification. God wants you to love your changing. He doesn't want you to resist his changing. The Bible says three times, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the change. Holy Spirit has your best interests in mind. Trust your soul with God. Don't trust your soul with you. You'll destroy your soul. Why does the path to destruction, many go down it? Because they entrust their souls to themselves. Get away from sinners. Have nothing to do. The Bible says, come out from them and be holy, be separate, says the Lord. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You'll destroy your destiny, guaranteed. Just get away from them and get around believers. You need to. That's the only way they lived in the first century. Don't make excuses. You're around sin and that's what's compromising you. It'll destroy your destiny if you don't repent. Repent means go back to the high place around believers who are seated with Christ in the places. Learn to have fellowship in the glory. If a person can't speak by the Spirit, there's no chance you can grow with them into the future. If their spirit ain't talking, then their spirit ain't walking into heaven. They're walking into hell. It's true. So everyone that came around Jesus that was real started walking with him into heaven. Yeah. Started changing their hearts, started changing their mind. How many of y'all know the prostitutes weren't prostitutes anymore? And if they were, Jesus Christ said, something worse is going to happen to you. Jesus said, stop sinning. I don't condemn you. Where are your accusers? They are no more, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you, but because of reality, yeah, if you continue sinning, something worse will happen to you. Jesus Christ, red letters. Yeah. You can't change that, which means if you hang around sin, participate in sin, there will be consequences no matter how much you claim grace. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Get it. it's yeah. getting stupid. It's getting stupid. Now, Jesus is the spirit of grace. I think he knows right. That's red letter ministry. Jesus said, if you continue sinning after you've been pardoned and forgiven, something worse will happen to you. And we've seen that 10,000 times. I've witnessed it so many times. But it's like the flesh and the brain is so dull that it literally is on a path of suicide and destruction from sin. The only hope we have is developing our spirit. It's a great hope and it's a great glory, but it is a very narrow path and few find it, which means few will repent and develop the eternal part of them. That's all we're interested in. Everything else in your life is foolishness. Everything else in your life is a total waste of time. Doesn't mean you just quit your job and become a hermit. It means that you practice the presence in your spirit. And you're consciously aware of Jesus in the center of you all the time. 
So you're always in the wine. <laughs> and your face will always shine. Your hearts will always shine. Your bones will shine. You begin sparkling if you're consciously aware of the greater one in you, looking into the glory of his word, you will change. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Here's what the Lord says tonight. We're going to take some heavenly flight. Does it sound like we're patting ourselves on the back? Second <laughs> <laughs> Corinthians chapter 3, message translation. Insisting on our credentials. Asserting our authority. Well, we're not. Neither do we need letters of endorsement, either of you or from you. You yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Just look at it. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. Not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And we publish it. We couldn't be more sure of ourselves in this, that you, written by Christ himself for God, are our letter of recommendation. We wouldn't think of writing this kind of letter about ourselves. Only God can write such a letter. His letter authorizes us to help carry out this new plan of action. Can we just say new? New! <laughs> There's a new plan of action today. I do. Yeah, Sorrow last yesterday. Yeah, new. Worst spiritual warfare of 2022 for me yesterday. And today was the most blissful, Shekinah glory, peace, breakthrough, perfection of my, of my entire life. Yeah! Good job, angel armies. Amen. It was amazing. Yeah. Just how fast they shifted things. It was astonishing to my mind. Yeah. The plan wasn't written out with ink on paper, with pages and pages of legal footnotes, killing your spirit. It's written with spirit on spirit. How many of y'all know the Bible on the flesh kills the spirit? But spirit on spirit is eternal life. The gospel Christianity is spirit on spirit, not spirit on flesh. You'll never be good enough. You'll always look at your outside saying, Oh, I'm not as good as that spiritual person. Your eyes are on the wrong part of you. Loose. Put your eyes in your spirit. Spirit on spirit is the new covenant. Your spirit is good enough and your spirit is worthy. Because it's been born of God's genes. It's God's genetics. No one can look in their spirit in reality and say, Oh, well, I'm not of God. I'm not worthy. No, you're looking at your soul. You're looking at your flesh. If you look at him in your spirit, you're not deceived anymore. Deception comes from the soul and the flesh. Revelation comes from the spirit. And we need to live in the spirit because only those led of spirit are sons, which means they're the only ones getting fathered. No one's getting fathered by God in the soul. 
It's not. It means there's no growing. It's just growing in pride. <laughs> growing in witchcraft, really. But if you repent and let the word crucify, then you get your spirit, Father. Then you know him spirit on spirit, and then you can speak spirit to spirit, which is called fellowship. That is the only people you want to be around with your life. Jesus wasn't around anyone except those that wanted spirit on spirit, communication and action. Everyone else departed from him. No one could walk with him unless they desired to walk in the spirit. Make sure you are choosing to be around spiritual people that want to walk in the spirit and to communicate out of their spirit. Otherwise, you're destroying your soul right now. You're literally destroying your life. Maybe not so much with drugs and alcohol as you used to be, but just with the world now, which isn't even much better. Because you're still now just on a complacent path to destruction, and you're just, it's a, a longer stretched out destroying of yourself, where it was accelerated before, but it's both in the soul. The knowledge of good will kill you in 72 years. So what if the knowledge of evil kills you in 27 like Jim Morrison? Either way, you're destroyed eternally because you were soulish. The issue is you got to get out of the soul. There's no glory in the soul. There's no Christianity in the soul. It's not about God in the soul. You got to let God father your spirit. You got to get into the spirit. You got to get into your belly. You got to get into belly Christianity. You know they're a bewitched brood. And we love bewitched people because if we didn't, you wouldn't love anyone because almost everyone's completely bewitched. It's true. I know I was. It was like 10, 15 years of constant God-inside-minded discipleship to deal with the bewitchment of Babylon. So I was rock solid in the secret place to live out of the third heaven in my spirit. It took years and years and years and years and years of discipleship because the potent sorcery is the bewitchment. And the Bible says it deceived all. All means all, including your pastor including your mom and dad and your brothers and sisters and everyone you've ever known your entire life. The only thing we got going now is an unveiling of the witchcraft, a revealing of what the devil's been doing to us and the solution of God's word in our spirit. He comes with answers, but he also reveals what the enemy's doing. The Holy Ghost will always reveal to you the works of the devil because the Spirit of God anoints you to destroy the works of the devil. Which means a lot of you got to destroy the stuff in you that came from the devil. You'll start to feel this stuff break off of you. Some of you got it swimming right around in your bloodline. When the Word of God goes in there, you get your heart, which is your blood circumcised. The Word of God is a sword of fire in the invisible realm that goes into the visible blood and changes your bloodline. Otherwise, you're not really saved in your soul. You might be saved in your spirit, but the soul is only saved by the life that's in the blood. The divine life, the Zoe life, the river of life can only be shared with your soul through blood. That's why the new covenant's called what? Blood covenant. Is your blood involved in the covenant, which is your heart, the four chambers, the blood? You got to give it to the glory. Give your blood 
and your bloodlines to the Holy Spirit. What part of you did yeah. you dedicate to him? Yes. Just your spirit? Ain't enough. He wants the whole deal. Our God is a jealous, consuming fire. He wants the soul, the blood, the brain, the mind, and he ain't going to take a partial contract with you. Holy. That's not how it works. It's all or nothing with God. It's all or nothing. We give all. We give all of our blood to God. I'm not holding back some blood for some altar of demon. I hate demons and I hate their altars. We will go so far with God that we smash their altars and their high places like Hezekiah. Yes. He discovered the word. Yes. He found the word. Where? In the temple. He found it in his spirit. And when the revelation in the temple hit the young king, he went and destroyed all the works of the devil in the whole nation. Yes, he did. You need to do that in your souls. Yes. You discover the word in your spirit and you destroy any high and lifted place that's been exalted to another God, which is anything external. Anything. If it's not an activity you can enjoy in the manifest glory of the Holy, Holy Spirit, then you need it ejected and eradicated and terminated from your life. It's demonic influence. You get the demonic influence out, you get the presence of God increased in. He ain't sharing rooms of your soul with the devil. He's not sharing that soul with demons. He wants the whole thing. There needs to be a commitment tonight with everyone that I'm going to give him more of my heart. My attention has been on other things. I've been looking for success in other areas than simply pleasing the Spirit of God. Success eternally is only in pleasing the internal Holy Spirit. And then He'll carry you where He wants you to go. Which will be always the high places. Because He's God. And He's a great King. But He's holy. And He's righteous. And He's wonderful. And He's loving. He's wise. But He's a jealous fire. God is a man of fire, the Bible says. We need to walk deeper in the fire. We need to torture and torment the lukewarm, convict the backslidden, convict the sinner, convict those that are going to other altars and sacrificing on other altars to other gods and are not growing in holiness in the internal ascension of the Spirit from glory to glory by the termination and annihilation of the human heart. This thing dissolves. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with Him along the way? The way of walking with the Holy Ghost burns up the heart. The heart will melt. The heart will be pierced. Your soul will melt. Your soul will be pierced. Your soul will have an internal baptism inside the temple of the current body that your spirit's in right now. This body's going to get flooded. And it's going to destroy the idolatrous cow. It's going to melt the sand around you. So you walk on glass. You're going to walk on gold. Through the fire of God of the internal melting and the sanctifying of your soul dissolving in the heat of the eternal word. These words are fiery coals. You want to know what touched Isaiah's lips when he saw God? That fiery coal? It was the word of God that touched his lips. The seraphim brought a piece, a chunk, 
of God's own heart to the prophet. The fiery coal is only inside the Father's heart. The Bible says that. The only one place the seraphim get fiery coals in heaven. Inside God's chest cavity. They went into God's heart. God's a light being, so you can go into his heart. And they grabbed some of the word, the fiery coal of the word of Jesus, and went down to earth and touched a man's mouth. <laughs> Woe is me, I'm of unclean lips. You know, he saw God, tasted God, it devoured his senses, transformed him from a people pleaser into a terrorizer of people. Yeah. From Isaiah 5 to Isaiah 6, Isaiah went from people pleasing to not even caring at all. One of the craziest prophets who ever lived. He so tortured and tormented them with his spirituality after the word of God whacked them. They couldn't stand him. They were dying listening to him because they just would not obey. They were tortured by him. They ended up grabbing him and cutting him in half with a wooden saw. They couldn't hear it anymore. They just, they couldn't tune out and the prophet would not leave them alone. He was tormenting them because he was so possessed with a holy zeal and jealousy for God. Like the spear of Phinehas. It was the jealousy of God in the word as a sword attacking Israel. The prophets are violent men. They attacked people. Look at Samuel. He's like, you can't get the job done without batting an eye. He took the sword and cop, chopped the king's head off. Agog. And his head started rolling down the hill. Yeah. Didn't even bat an eye. I mean, this they're not murderers. They're executors of judgment. The prophetic word executes judgment, but it's lethal to sin. And it means business. It kills it. The altar isn't just a place of playing games where you can just go lay down your sins on the altar and, and then get back up and live your life. You're burnt. You're done. You're charred. You're ashes. You're blown in the wind. You're gone. You're changed. That's the actual permanent change of a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to him is that I am so charred that I can't compromise. The, the disobedience has been permanently damaged in my soul. The disobedience, the possibility of rebellion is permanently disabled through the damaging of the spirit of fire in my brain. It's the brain damage you need. The damage towards the sinful nature. The damage towards the possibility of lust and pride and religion and self-consciousness and all all the selfishness of Jezebel. It needs to be brain damaged. The place of the skull where Satan was defeated is your skull. Satan's only defeated when your skull is burnt on the altar of the fire of God so severely that you're not even a human being inside there anymore. A human being is susceptible to temptation. If it's all burnt up and the human nature is fried on the glory, fried on the Holy Ghost, you get radical and you damage your sinful nature. The altar burns it. It doesn't just damage it. It kills it thoroughly. The fire of God is 
permanently damaging the sinful nature until it's not there anymore and you can't even sin. The Bible says God cannot sin nor can he be tempted by sin. How many of y'all know God's in your spirit and if you allow him to keep burning your DNA, you'll share in that same exact divinity where you can't sin nor will you be tempted by sin because the sinful nature is damaged by the fire of God. It's a zeal for His holiness. This is the Son of God Christ being formed in you so that all your words and actions are the same person that was down here 2,000 years ago that got killed by religious people. So if you're wondering if it's going to be all right when you get the, the sin burned out, they're going to treat you worse. They're going to think you're better than me. Yeah, and you are. I mean, you're so much better off than them, you can't even compare. You're literally living in a mansion of glory, and they're living in the garbage dump. And it's not about, like, oh, pride and those things that the human argument and knowledge of good and evil can't comprehend the things of the Spirit. But you are in better standing with God than that person because you're consecrated. Amen. Only one's holy, consecrated, set apart, transformed the soul get any inheritance with the Lamb of God. A co-heir with Christ must be a brother and sister in whom he's not ashamed. Yeah. And if you read the scriptures, Hebrews says the only ones that Jesus is not ashamed of are the ones that are sanctified. Which means he doesn't identify as family unless you're sanctified of soul. That's right. Don't just sit there and say, oh, I'm a son and a daughter. If you're sanctified, you're a son and a daughter. But the Bible says if you're not sanctified, you're not a son and daughter, you're a bastard. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is severe against those that reject the change of the fire. That's when you get around and you see them clinging to their soul. I mean, you're choosing the devil. We watch people choose the devil every day. You can choose the devil. That's what the earth is for. You can choose God and get burnt up in the fire and no longer be human being and attack human DNA with the word of God and the sword of the spirit. The priesthood tools that are for what? Killing the animal. Killing the animal self. Killing the animal self. No one finds their life unless they lose it. And then the same words that you, you use to lose yourself, you use to lose other people's selves, which is the burning up of their bodies and their minds. Yes! Which is ministry. The ministry of fire. The ministry of the altar of God. It's not just a spectator sport of Christian information. That's an abomination. That's goat. Christianity and the ministry of Christianity is the burning of the animal of the human brain. Not facilitating and comforting it. Killing it. Killing it. A lot of people have never been around Christian ministry until they come into RLM and you see how they react. It shocks them because it facilitates the animal. False Christianity, the whore of Babylon, facilitates the animal, takes care of the animal, loves the animal. They love sin. And that's why they have no anointing. They have no joy of the Lord. They're never drunk. Never drunk. Why? Because their false, fake, pretending, play-acting Christianity is for the soul. The animal, which is 0% for God or Jesus Christ. Zero. 
Only in the annihilation of the soul and the animal is there any pleasure for God. <laughs> you living for God's pleasure? Holy. There's no other walk here in the new covenant except Enoch. Enoch pleasured God and God took him. Every real Christian walks with God with Enoch. As Enoch. Into heavenly glory. From glory to glory is the Enoch walk. Amen. First king of kings and lord of lords. Not Jesus in the Bible. Enoch in the Bible. First king of kings and lord of lords. Which means walking with God, pleasing and pleasuring God is the normal path of every son and friend. Every son and friend pleasures and pleases God. If the Christianity you've experienced and the teaching and the preaching and the crap of church that you've experienced is not about pleasing and pleasuring the Spirit of God in an upward glory to glory path, I tell you what, it's all devils. Devils have complicated the stuff into a hundred thousand different denominations, which are like options. Which restaurant do you want to go to? Which gospel do you want in your life? People come to Joel's bar and it's just too severe for them. It offends them because they have opinions about everything and they think they can just go choose a different restaurant. <laughs> You're choosing a different God. Yeah. There's only one God. And I tell you what, the prophetic accurately together reveals them and it is much more severe than you could ever imagine, much more loving. You know, it's the severity of love. The severity is in how holy and pure this love is in the third heaven and if it hits you you'll be just as intense as the prophets you need to be yes that's why they're so given so much anointing to impart it into you so you be fully energized and always that intense in the love intense in the joy where the joy and the love and the peace and the holiness and the zeal and the feast of revelation is so intense don't you do anything else oh, no in the glory i mean first love means i do everything with god every single thing brush your teeth with god every night you need to sleep with god yes. yeah you need god in your bedroom you need god with you as you sleep and you get the best dreams there's not one waking moment you know what it is it's hiding behind the trees if you're doing anything without god in genesis adam and eve when they sinned and seared their conscience they hid behind the trees you know what hiding behind the trees means in prophetics hiding behind your brain it's hiding on the outside of your flesh from god inside your own spirit so that deceived realm is actually the destruction of your own spirit. The devils are so sneaky, the cunning serpent in the garden. The devils get you to destroy your own spirit. That's how a person dies. And it works. They're good at it. They know how to annihilate nations. They've been doing it professionally. And Christians don't really know how to live forever in their spirit. We're going to learn. The path of Enoch is learning that knowledge. There is a revelation knowledge that is fully 100% spirit with no mixture of soul. That's just the food of Enoch. You'll eat the bread of angels. You'll eat revelation. You'll eat wisdom. You'll learn a steady diet. What's the exodus? What was the whole point of Moses's exodus? Learning how to eat the word. And if you couldn't do it, you're dead. If you can't do it, if you don't know how to receive revelation, 
into your spirit to burn up your soul and mind because it's the fire of revelation that transforms the heart, burns up the heart. That's why Jesus had to illuminate the scriptures, walking with them on the road to Emmaus, because the word that's not illuminated doesn't have the fire to consume the soul. You're still carnal. You'll still be a religious Christian no matter how hard you try. You'll never fly. It has to be fiery revelation with wings, words with wings, words with resurrection dunamis power rising in your belly, exploding in your heart, exploding in your mind. Continuous brain aneurysms and heart attacks of the glory realm with no fear of death no fear of sin sickness and disease because of the greater one blowing you up with constant dynamite resurrection dunamis power on the inside all the time that's the that's the breakfast of champions dynamite explosive resurrection dunamis power of the word feeding your heart and mind the daily bread out of your spirit You're only as happy as how much your spirit's feeding your brain. Your spirit is love because it's created in God's image. God is love. The issue is if you're not inside your spirit and receiving divine nature from your spirit, the river of life, there's no life in the soul. And so their countenances are drooped down. I like looking into every soul, not just the happy souls. You know, I don't just keep my soul in the just... The pl- I like in the eagle's nest to look at every soul in the garden. I like looking at every animal in the garden. And I'm not intimidated by those downcasts with gaping darkness, with the dreary, melancholy souls because their life is garbage. I like looking into their souls too. There's a wisdom in looking into every soul. And you look with the eyes of the white dove, you look with the eyes of the white eagle. But there's a wisdom in understanding the animal nature. Enoch's understanding of animals is everywhere in the book of Enoch. The nations are described in animal form, which is Noah wisdom. Noah was trained under Enoch. So no, Enoch was his grandpa. <laughs> Methuselah was his dad. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, something like that. Very close family. (laughs) Very closely related. I know that's true. Enoch, Methuselah, and Noah. Amen. Days of Noah. It's interesting going into those early Genesis chapters, and even though I've, I've read it a lot, a lot of the details my brain doesn't remember. That's not important. It's about gleaning the revelation from the stories in the Bible. If you read the apostles in the New Testament, they quote it incorrectly every single time. And it's true. In fact, it's so far off from the Septuagint or any Bible in that day. When I remember in Bible college, like we don't know what Bible they were reading from. <laughs> Because it was so different. They paraphrased it every time. Because it's accurate when it comes out of your spirit through your own experiences. It's wisdom when it's your own living letter. If you just recite scripture like a parrot, it means you don't even know it because you've never lived it and you've never experienced it. People, people that quote scripture word for word, I tell you what, man. It's not biblically accurate. It's not. It's usually a religious spirit. Death. 
It's usually a religious spirit. Even if they mean well, I'm telling you, you got to break off those chains. It's a traditional thing. God wants his word. What's the inspired word? It's the full meaning and the rich depth of what the spirit was bringing when he inspired the prophets. I know this. Sundar Singh, Sadhu Sundar Singh said there's seven levels of revelation to every verse in the Bible. Which means it's a it's a depth of going deeper in the waters of the word until there's no brain control. Listen, you don't know the scriptures until your head is underwater in that scripture. That's why there's a deeper depth. And anyone that goes in the spirit and loves the spirit that's a real Christian begins to realize, I don't really know the scriptures, but I flow in the scriptures. It's not about knowing, it's about flowing and glowing. It's about getting sunk and drunk. If you're not sunk and drunk on the word, it hasn't consumed your soul and mind and you're still in control over there. The, the depth that you are in the wine vine of John 15 of knowing God is very shallow because it's still mostly a human experience in Christianity because you're not allowing the full surrender. We need a full surrender to the wine vine. This vine's alive and it's trying to take us in and turn us into grapes. Metamorphosis is I'm no longer a human. I'm a, I'm a grape vine. I have become a vineyard. I have become wine itself. The transformation into divine love means that your entire essence of your spirit coming out of your body is drinkable and impartable to others around you simply by breathing. As someone who's truly transformed a soul is always a wine cellar because the blood of Jesus is the cup that overflows. And it's in the air, so the demonic influences beat down when you're around mature ones as this. Because their cup overflows and it conquers the airspace. So we're going to have a level of maturity of Eden's garden down here where your spirit has so conquered your own soul and your own body that it will cover all the flesh of the earth. You can lay hands in your belly, your spirit make progress tonight. And just crucify your heart and brain. And your spirit will work with angel armies. Your spirit will communicate. And it only shares about 1% with the brain. So if you're looking for satisfaction up here, you'll never get it. Never. God's not into carnality. God's not the father of flesh. He's the father of spirits. He wants your flesh to be saved also, but he's not prioritizing it. That's why he doesn't explain these things to your brain because he doesn't want you to be carnal. He will illuminate your spirit and make you brighter though if you're willing to grow in faith, which means not knowing. Yeah. Faith means you ain't going to know if you want to really glow. It means you're going to have to step out and get out of the comfort zone of your own brain. No one ever pleased God by walking in their brain. Righteousness in the brain is self-righteousness and abomination of the Antichrist. Righteousness in the spirit is imparted by Christ coming into our spirit through the shed blood of the cross. Completely different kingdom. One's Antichrist, one's Jesus himself. We need our hearts completely torn, open, and our mind given into the spirit. For the mind controlled by Christ in the spirit is at peace with God. In other words, living in the New Jerusalem. Peace with God's a city, the city of Zion. If the brain's not at peace with God, it's not in Zion because it's in the city Babylon. City Babylon is the brain. Hello? City Babylon's the brain. If your consciousness and control of your life and your Christianity is in your brain, you're in Babylon right now, and the citizens of Babylon all have the mark of the beast. About 99% of Christians. It's invisible. 
And it's parabolic. It's symbolic of living in the carnal mind. Every born-again believer is born with the mark of the beast on their forehead. <laughs> Truth anyhow. It gets erased by Romans 12.2, the transfiguration of the renewing of the mind by the washing of the water of the spiritual word. The prophetic sapphire sea springing up within thee, setting you free from Babylonian captivity. Amen. So that your eyes can really see with the light of the Shekinah glory. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Whew, man, I can feel it like lightning in my heart tonight. <laughs> Somebody's going to release the throne room through their soul. Holy. And you're going to really know. And you're going to be confident about what you're releasing. It's not going to be this false holiness crap everywhere. It's like, give God the glory. I'm just, I'm just little old me. Just, I'm the donkey he rides into town on. Garbage. We hate pride so much that we don't agree with that junk. You know, you're a temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm not valuing... The temple, I'm valuing that God put himself in this body so we steward this thing for the spirit of God to conquer nations. We want the flood. If you don't understand the importance of the body, you don't understand the new covenant. This is the temple. Your body, what are you doing with it? Get it into holy places. Get it out of Slutsville. That's a good start. Get it out of Slutsville. Get it out of Lutz Lustville. Get it out of Alcoholsville. Get it into the Spirit. Give it to God. You gotta give your body. The Corinthians struggled with all of the sins, big time. First and Second Corinthians is all the struggles of Americans. It's in the Bible. And he said, you have to honor God with your bodies. Which means it's not just an external discipline. It's an enjoyment of the living water of living in Zion. Living in the glory room. If you believe these words, it'll be activated in your heart. Let angels help you. Angels minister this word right into their minds. Break curses in their bloodlines. All the junk of the sins that's in your blood, God's blood is better. God's blood is stronger than your blood and the words in your blood that are destroying your soul. If you stay in human blood, you're destroyed. Guaranteed. It's a guaranteed fact. If you stay in your current human blood, you will die and it'll be, you will live a sinful life. But if you get into the blood of Jesus, you can live a holy, glorious life. You can live a sin-free, stain-free life. They say, look at your garments. Oh, they're white. They're white. Look at your garments. Look at your spirit wrapping your body. There's no stains on your garments. The righteous acts of the saints practicing righteousness in the natural realm, walking with God, pleasing and pleasuring the Holy Spirit with every word, with every action. It's going to take some time. And you'll fall down in the mud many times. And every morning, like the priest, the young priest, they'd get fresh white linen every morning until you learn to walk in white linen and live in the cloud of witnesses with the men in white linen. 
Righteous men made perfect who live perfectly as angels in the cloud of glory that you're drinking from tonight called the kingdom of heaven. And your spirit is getting built up to wrap your soul and your spirit will conquer your soul. Your spirit will conquer your body and you can live holy. You can live without sexual shame. You can live without sinful shame of wrongdoing. You can live in the high place of glory and the Holy Ghost will work on you. Sometimes he needs to get stern with you. Like you, you're making decisions that will permanently damage your life if you get involved with unbelievers, especially in relation. Number one destiny killer: relationships with unbelievers. Marrying an unbeliever. Number one, you are guaranteed to destroy your destiny with God. Do not, the Bible forbids it, it's a commandment in the Bible, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, people that aren't about the spiritual development of the Holy Ghost and the Bible in the eternal spirit, it will destroy you because there will be soulish activity all the days of your life with that person. Get away from them. That's a demonic assignment. Just get out of here. I am following God. They'll, and you'll see their nature. And if they're really into God, they might get baptized in the Holy Spirit on the spot. <laughs> and put them on the spot. See, it's, you're either going to have to get into the Holy Ghost and get real. Because I'm not going down the wide path of destruction if you're going to choose this path. I'm choosing the path of righteousness. I'm going to follow the Spirit of Jesus like the book of Acts. Holy. Amen. Come on. And whatever demonic assignments around you, you'll face it. You'll have to confront it and you have to say no. Yep. You're only going to get Jesus if you say no to the devil. You can't just be shy and be like, oh, just flow with whatever. You will have to take a stand and say no to the devil. And if you don't, you get the devil guaranteed 100% of the time. There has to be a resolute legal answer in the courtroom of the devil in the circumstances that you're currently in in order for there to be a separation into the Holy Spirit. It's a decision before all the angels that you're making and they're all watching. Angels long to look into these things and so do the devils. Especially the bigger your destiny, the more they want you. And that's why they've surrounded you with so many demon-possessed idiots. Some of them will destroy your soul. And so you really got to get serious about the Holy Ghost because that's your first love, which means that's who you're married to. If you believe in Jesus, you're already taken. You're married to God. That's the covenant. If anyone gets involved in that relationship, it's a devil 100% of the time. That's Satan, 100%. The little fox is spoiling the vineyard. What's the vineyard? Union with God. First love. Marital glory with the Lamb, the bride of the Lamb. There can be no other lovers. Like the song goes, let every other lover fade away. Amen. <laughs> Violently divorce that thing. Violently, jealously. The Bible says passionately, get rid of that stuff. Jesus was so married in union to his father. When he saw division and separation in the temple, he violently, passionately destroyed everything in the temple. So there'd be a direct line between God and the people. There has to be that direct line in your soul, in your mind with God. Otherwise, you let people in there. And that's the money changers tables, and it's not always money, but it usually is. Oh, yes, yes, it's usually yes. relationships. Uh -huh. 
It's in any kind of stuff that has taken priority other than the spirit of Jesus in your heart. Amen. So making God number one is basic foundational Christianity. (laughs) Anything else is the serving of demons. And it's tolerated in Babylon because Babylon is the demonic unrenewed mind, which is the house of every unclean spirit. They're not severe enough. They tolerate the persons of the wicked, Psalms 82, therefore the foundations of the world are out of course. Which means the reason why you don't have the Garden of Eden is because of leaders tolerating soulish Christianity, soulish teaching, and soulish preaching. We need the priesthood of Melchizedek that kills and annihilates the soul and the mind and the brain and the bones with Holy Ghost fire, ferociously. We need the real priesthood of the altar of fire that changes things like Isaiah changed in Isaiah 6. When the fire of God touches your mouth, when the living word, strong meat for the mature, when wisdom is in your mouth, it will scorch the sin in your mouth. It will cure you of leprosy, of the sin of the tongue. The tongue is very is the very course of hell and it's the rudder of the ship and it steers the boat into hades so you need the fire of god's heart you need to drink god's heart and it's not just some kind of casual deal it's like drinking coals which was a common form of suicide in roman times that's how they romantically killed themselves they would drink fiery coals in the roman times and these same fiery coals of god's heart is what annihilates the soul you ain't getting sanctified to certain levels of greater glory unless you're drinking the fiery coals it ain't gonna happen a greater glory only comes with a greater consecration and holiness in the soul in the mind which means the spirit has to stand up on the inside and take over the animal I'm going to write the name of Jesus on their foreheads, which means the spirit is going to conquer the soul and the animal. You're going to look, you're going to close your eyes and only see God on the inside. The God of glory. You open them back up and it thunders and lightnings. What's on the inside of your eyes? Burn it up by eating the word until it's only God's glory. You know, that's what drunkenness is drunkenness is that the word of God has annihilated my flesh. So the Bible says, Jeremiah 20, 23 verse 9, I'm like a drunken man because of the word. I'm like a drunken man because of the Bible, is what Jeremiah 23 9 says. Which means someone really gets it when you're drunk on the word because you're completely destroying the Adamic nature. When you destroy the soul, guess what happens? River of divine life if you keep the soul protect the soul teach the soul preach the soul disciple the soul mentor the soul that's a big deal now and all these fake churches is mentorship can you imagine if jesus gave his apostles mentorship just suggesting no it was it was commandments it was do or die and they did and they died both nowadays we're so lukewarm it's like here's the suggestion we're so worldly we're more concerned about taxes 
more concerned about did do I get a tax receipt for my giving than the pleasure of the father. You know, it's out. I know you guys. You guys are pretty out there, but people out there care. They care about Babylon. They think that the Luciferian tax code is important. The IRS is a Luciferian secret society of demon-possessed warlocks. True, Zinnia. And you people honor the sorcerer of Babylon more than the Holy Ghost. The honor of the spirit of Babylon is Lucifer worship. And it's everywhere in Christianity. It's everywhere. But the honor of the spirit of Jesus is the sacking of the whole system. You guys need to come out of your earthly politics. It's it's destroyed your souls. Have nothing to do. I mean, it's cool to vote for pro-life, and I'm all about that. But you need to come into the government of the Holy Spirit because you're totally deceived. I mean, I, I enjoy looking at people praying and worshiping in the White House because it's better than the Luciferian Freemason stuff that's been going on the last 300 years. But it's still, I tell you what, it ain't holy place Christianity. It's very much inner court. It's very, very, very inner court. It's very much God outside mindedness, and that's not what's going to cause revival. Not even close. Those people, to be honest with you, are completely and utterly clueless. Completely clueless. And they're the ones that have the main stage of Christianity right now. Clueless leaders with a lot of zeal, a lot of passionate words, but almost no revelation. It is not apostolic Christianity. And it's not what God's doing. That ain't sons of God. Those are not the sons. Those are the technon babies that have the stage that have gone after the world stage. No, with good to hearts. I'm not saying they're seeking fame, but they're attacking it on the seven mountains, not from within the one mountain Zion, which is not real Christianity. It's a form. And they're doing some stuff. You know, it's basically, this is how God explained it to me. Long, long ago, 16 years ago, when I was involved in IHOP, and there's just tremendous strange fire, tremendous God outside mindedness, tremendous bewitchment, tremendous bewitchment, just absolutely clueless. And it's not revelatory, it's not the development of the spirit, it's very soulish, very soulish. God said to me, It's like that what the book of Jasher says when Ishmael was separated from Isaac, Ishmael was a great hunter, the Bible says. And God blessed Ishmael and his mom, Hagar, and gave them living water. The angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, appeared to Hagar and Ishmael, and Ishmael was blessed. I will bless you and your descendants. God blessed him. This is totally different than, you know, Jacob and Esau. Esau is cursed, but Jacob's blessed. But Ishmael was different than Esau. Ishmael got blessed in the Bible. And Ishmael, with bow and arrow, Book of Jasher says, shot Nimrod through in the open field and killed the Antichrist. Killed Satan that was had dominion in the natural realm in his day. He took out the world system. It wasn't even Isaac. Isaac's just enjoying the house of God. Isaac's in the kingdom. It, Ishmael is the stuff in the White House praising God. 
Ishmael's the stuff with the stage right now. Ishmael's what you watch on God TV. Ishmael, and Ishmael does some stuff. God's blessed Ishmael. But it's an external anointing. It's a there's it's very, very, very immature. And it's not the development of the spirit, but God still uses the Ishmael. So I never shut that stuff down, but I don't participate with it at all. At all. Because it, it's not deep. It's not the Garden of Eden. It's not God inside-minded. It's Ishmael. We are of Isaac company. This We're the children of promise. It's a completely different realm. And it's unknown. It, this realm is practically unknown, except amongst prophets. Amen. And we need a remnant in this realm. And this is the realm of the never-ending revival. When we get people into Isaac out of Ishmael, right now Ishmael is the big deal out here. When we get them into Isaac, which is promise. What's the promise on God inside-minded? fully conceived and birthed of the spirit without any external help. Ishmael was the help. It's trying to help God out there and destroy all the works of the devil as helping the Holy Spirit. Like Martha Ministries and Mary's just whacked laying at his feet doing nothing. The Mary and Martha stuff is really like the holy of holies versus everything else. I mean, they, and they call the Martha stuff. Martha's about 99% of Christianity that's out there. Martha's about 99% of the charismatic Christianity that's out there. It's true. To get into Mary is a full ecstasy all the time, and you're living for ecstasy. And it's not selfishness like the accusers say. It's union. This is the purpose of the cross, is to walk with the Father in the coolness of the day, for God to enjoy you. You'll do some works, but your life isn't a life of works. Works is on the tree of life just like love and joy and peace on the tree the fruits of the spirit and it's one of the lesser fruits yeah. works is not even an important fruit you do anything he asks you to do because you're in union and divine love but it's rare because he has enough Ishmael's out there that want to do works and they get way less rewards they think they get more and on earth they get more but in heaven they get thousands of times less because in heaven, there's thousands of times less known in heaven. And that's exactly how it is right now in the current level of deception in the Christian church. So we want to make the Mary company famous, and we're all going to do that by the internal glorification of our spirit, by feasting on Revelation. The feast of Revelation, which appears to be selfishness, Mar Martha's upset, why, why won't you help me? Yeah. That's what she said in the Bible. Why won't you participate in my outward acts of serving Jesus and serving the apostles? It had the appearance, and 99% of Christians today would just go right along with it, because that's what good Christians do. And if the Holy Spirit anoints you to do it, you better do it. Otherwise, the, you come out of union. Because the Spirit's not even doing it. You want to flow in the Spirit, cloud by day, fire by night. And there's one that sticks closer than a brother. The purpose of all teaching and revelation is learning how to be fully controlled by the river all the time. And only speak what the Father's speaking. Only do what the Father's doing. Father might not do anything through you. You know what he's going to do? Just enjoy you on the inside and kill all of your desire to do crap. That's part of the priesthood. You couldn't be a Levitical priest in the Old, co old Covenant if you got up to do any works when you were in training. You'd have to sit in front of the ark for seven days. This is how it worked in Levitical law. You'd come in, you'd be young boys, and if you got up to do any works, 
For the first seven days, motivated by strange fire, you're sent home and you had to do something else the rest of your life. <laughs> it was to teach them this is not about working. It's a servanthood of love. It's a possession of the Spirit. The Spirit Himself does the works. It was the wisdom of the Old Testament that we understand now that unless the Spirit builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. So you're better off doing nothing like an eagle just getting fed by a mama eagle in a nest until she pushes you out. You're, you're fed enough. Now just go multiply out there somewhere. Amen. That's how it works. Is it you just get overfed. Overfed Christians are the ones that really bring the kingdom. The works that you see out there is not really what advances the kingdom. I know people say otherwise. They're wrong. Mary-style ministry is what advances the kingdom. It was that perfume that brought heaven to earth. It wasn't Martha's cooking that brought heaven to earth. It was the perfuming that brought heaven to earth. BBLuxuryPerfumes.com <laughs> no. And no more sales. No more sales. I curse your poverty spirit. The Lord was telling me, he's like, this sales stuff, even though it's, it's cool and fun, it's actually hurting them because they all have poverty spirits. Most of you majorly struggle under a poverty principality and sales are your arch nemesis. So double the price for you. Take that number and triple it. And you get delivered. And that, you know, the, de the demons say it's not wise to be wasteful. Ask God about the burning of the fat and throwing the rest of it outside the camp to be eaten by vultures. Even the dogs eat the scraps off the table. Hallelujah. Well, God's a God of super abundance and more than enough. His cup overflows, which is called wastefulness. Wow. And the overflow of getting wasted is your ministry. <laughs> the stuff that you're wasting yourself, that you're so full that it just comes out, that's called your Christian ministry. So if you're not wasteful, you're not a minister. It's true. And if it's just this, I barely have enough, like this widow's last piece of bread in there, you're all starving to death. Dead leading the dead, blind leading the blind, starving leading the starving. You get into Elijah, where you're just big, fat, Rolls-Royce driving Elijah, going house to house, taking widow's last meal ministry, worldwide, internationally. Amen. And that's the real prophetic. It offends a lot of people, but it is the truth anyhow. God hates the devil that causes poverty mentality. It's one of the worst antichrist things you could ever get into. False holiness, the religious spirit. You know, the poverty spirit and the religious spirit and the legalism is the Antichrist. And so make sure those Antichrist spirits are getting attacked in your soul. And giving is keeping yourself free from the Antichrist, which is self-sustainment, that I'm trusting in God. God's really actually my provider. If you're still your provider and you're not working with God, work unto the Lord and not for man, you don't know Him. You're still just barely even saved. Yeah. But if you can get saved when you're working, which means work with the Lord, you'll get promoted. That's how you go from glory to glory, is do all things for the Holy Spirit. If you're a house mom, be a house mom to the Holy Spirit. 
If you're a house mom, everything, the cooking, the cleaning, all of it for the Lord. Your house will be so filled with Shekinah glory. But if it's just everything sad and work, you know, you're cursed. Working by the Spirit of your brother. Your house is full of curses and demons. But if you're doing it for the Holy Ghost, your house is going to be full of angels. Because it's not about working in the stuff and the everyday chores and all this. It's about the Lord. You're here as a testing ground to see if you can use your time on earth, whatever you're doing, do it unto the Lord and not for men and women and you will be blessed, it is written. That is one of the most basic tests you'll have to go through as a young believer to see if you can do all things to the Lord. Otherwise, forget about ministry. If you can't work at a table and serve tables with the Holy Ghost, you'll never be able to be a minister in the Holy Ghost. You have to be able to do non-religious things, brush your teeth with the Holy Spirit. You have to be able to take a nap with the Holy Spirit. That's good. We got that. Soak in the Holy Spirit. Drink the Holy Spirit. Make a coffee with the Holy Spirit. You know, you, you start doing everything with the Holy Spirit, everything you do is laced with heavenly drugs. It's true. It'd be laced with joy. Joy is the drug of heaven. Peace and love are heavenly drugs. They grow in heaven. They're substances that grow in the tree of life. The fruits of the Spirit. Fruit is heavenly drugs. And anyone that says otherwise is demon-possessed. They are heavenly intoxicating substances. The Bible says be drunk with love, which means drunkenness is a physical manifestation of getting high and out of your mind. And the Bible says be drunk with love so the fruits of the spirit are clearly drugs in the bible and they had to explain when they got baptized in jesus's fruit why they were freaking drunk in acts 2 so if you had real fruit you're high and drunk all the time if you don't you're just making excuses and lying to everyone in false christianity truth anyhow <laughs> truth anyhow and let that stuff cut you so you go into the truth the more severe the word is towards the sin, the more love of the sword of the spirit, the word of God, that's going down into your spirit. Because your spirit just wants to burn up the facade, wants to burn up the play acting, wants to burn up all the fakeness in the soul. And when the soul is all burnt up by receiving the sword of the spirit, the word of God being destroyed by the sword of his mouth is the best thing ever happened to you. Please destroy the goat with the sword of your mouth, Lord Jesus. I want the wrath of the Lamb. I want all the white throne judgment seat of Christ in my spirit, soul, mind, and body constantly like a river of judgment and the word of judgment and my Father's desire and pleasure be all that remain in me through judgments constantly. I mean, that's how you, that's what you need to pray. And then the river will flow through you and you'll be openly gay. Which means you'll love unconditionally. Yeah. That's the Webster's. That's from 1780. That's the old dictionary. When gay used to be a good thing. <laughs> you know, these millennials tune in and be like, I'm going to be a homosexual if I get into the Holy Spirit. You know, people take stuff literally. <laughs> I tell you what, you won't identify with any kind of sexual stuff because you'll be totally pure as a spotless lamb. Your life will be controlled by the Holy Ghost and you just won't be an animal anymore. 
They develop the spirit while they're children, they'll never grow up to be sexually immoral. Raise up a child in the way in which to go, and when it's older, it won't become a pervert. It is written. <laughs> won't depart far. That's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we're going to open up a, a, a daycare. Our children's ministry, non pervert children's church. You need to say that in Babylon. You know how it is out there. Guaranteed non pedophile children's church. Hallelujah. Baptism of fire, kids getting drunk in the spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah. Laughing uncontrollably yes. from birth, which is evidence you're born in Zion, raised in Zion. Children born with glorified personalities. You know, adults are getting our glorified personalities right now. You know what a glorified personality is? Your whole person full of glory. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there ain't nothing in there except his light. And his light is pure joy. My gospel is easy. My gospel is light. Which is the glorification of the inside of your body. So you're living in heaven on the inside all the time. Well, you should try it out. It's really nice. Come out of whatever you're doing and get into the glory. Jump in. The water's nice. Splish, splash. Amen. Holy Ghost water park every day. And you got this water slide called the will of God. God's will is a water slide. Oftentimes we got to climb up these stairs. So that was such a long walk. No, it's the excitement. Amen. It's true. Heaven is a water park. It's all underwater. You gotta grow gills. Ezekiel 47, you're only getting a harvest if it's underwater. Are the heads white for harvest or have the people grown gills? Have you released enough living water out of your belly to drown their carnal satanic reptilian brains? Their political garbage. They're donkeys and elephants. They're Martha Ministries. Have you annihilated their human existence with liquid love? Not yet, no. No, we're still working just on our own families. We're still working just on our little clans. Yeah, I mean, honestly, are, are we fully saturated? Are we marinated? The harvesters, what's a harvester? Someone who's fully fish. Someone who's fully underwater all the time. Otherwise, you're not going to harvest them into heaven because they're in the dry place partially. You can't have a harvest. You can only harvest them if you're fully under living water because you can only bring them into heaven. So we got to get ourselves all baptized. You know, the, the junk going on out there. We, we, we know the water levels out there. We get the reports from our spies all over the planet. The Bible says stay baptized. Keep yourself baptized, which is guard your joy. Guard your inner man. Guard your heart. Guard your first love. 
and let the waters rise in the temple. Ezekiel 47 is every single one of your bodies, your water temples, until you have your own personal outpouring, which is when the sons of God manifest. Each son of God is a water temple that adds to the drowning of the days of Noah worldwide. We're producing fountains or temples of living water in all the nations. Broadcasting in 195 nations in the hope of water temples. You'd be surprised how the dry place demons shut it down. It's hard to get anyone to walk with me for six months and not just get distracted by Babylon, get into some stupid crap like family or business or something carnal and worldly and earthly and worthless. You just can't keep growing in the water. So we just don't have the water temples. You want to know why the revival hasn't started? Because we don't have the water temples to drown everyone. Most people are bewitched and distracted by politics and doing crap and just always looking at themselves. Listen, we need to drink, 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 and flood and release. You know, drinking is simply enjoying the presence of His glory in your inner man. It's not a religious activity. It's not a didn't read my Bible three hours a day. It's not I didn't do my two days of water fasting. Come out of the religious demon. Get the devil out of you. It's enjoying the living water in you that brings the harvest. It's the enjoyment of the living water in you that brings the revival. Yes. The revival is the flood of Noah. Holy. And it ain't gonna be in buildings. That's the first thing we're drowning. Yeah. Days of Noah, which means no more buildings. We're gonna be in the ark, which means we're gonna be in throne room glory. We're gonna be in the angelic realm. It's the earth would be an open Eden, an earth without walls, a Jerusalem without walls. Everyone fully saturated, marinated by the manifesting suns, which means the manifesting rivers of the Son of God through these temples Holy. of mature ones whose cups overflow, but it's not a cup. Amen. It's Ezekiel 47. It's four rivers coming out of the north, south, east, and west of the front, back, right, and left of your bodies that you're in right now and getting everything else out of you so you have a sweet release of living waters that are crystal clear and sparkling yeah. with no Jezebel, no water spirits in them blocking it up and perverting it. You gotta purify the waters for a pure harvest. If there's sexual morality, if there's religion, if there's poverty, you're not going to have harvest. Those things steal the harvest, rob the harvest because it's impure waters out of the mouth of the red dragon flowed a sewage river. Humanity is the sewage river. You know what Babylon is? City Babylon, human heart. What You know what the red dragon is? Red dragon of revelation? The red dragon is human heart. The human heart is the red dragon. You want to kill Satan? Burn up hearts with the Word and the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. Start with yourself. Mm. Amen? Yeah, come on. So we just burn this thing up, wash it crystal clear. You defeat Satan in your heart, you'll automatically do it everywhere else. But it has to be thorough, daily, constant outpouring of simply enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit outpouring from your spirit, fellowship with God in the secret place of your heart, intimacy with the first love, which is the gate of the spirit, into the heart. That's where you live in your marriage celebration of the Lamb. That's your marriage feast of the Lamb. That is where the revival begins. In the temple was the outpouring of the river and the river is divine love, liquid love. It has to come out of human beings whose insides look exactly like God in every aspect. 
When your inner man looks like God, you'll have an outpouring. You will. And you're not as far as your brain tells you. It's just right inside you. It's like only, what, two feet away. It's just how much junk of the world can block up your consciousness into your spirit. 6,000 years of BS. But the Word of God can do a thousand years work for a day as as a thousand years to the to the Lord, so the Holy Spirit can get out all that junk in six days. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Six thousand years of bloodline, red dragon, filth in human DNA can come out in six days for a day as as a thousand years. Yeah, that's a biblical promise. Amen. This next six days, Lord, do six thousand years work in our hearts. <laughs> Amen. And burn up everyone around us too. And melt and melt the elements with fervent heat. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Glory. Look at these look at these guys out here. Oh. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Yeah. All right, we're going to lift the veil. We're going to seal it with the word of God, the line of the tribe of Judah. 2 Corinthians 3, 7, and 8. The government of death, its constitution chiseled on stone tablets, had a dazzling inaugural. Moses' face as he delivered the tablets was so bright that day, even though it would soon fade away, that the people of Israel could no more look right at him than stare into the sun. How much more dazzling than the government of the living spirit. Let's just have a declaration right now. Say, I am the government of the living spirit. That's what the Bible says. I am the government of the living spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.8 message translation. If the government of condemnation was impressive, how about this government of affirmation? Bright as that old government was, it would look downright dull alongside this new one. If that makeshift arrangement impressed us, how much more this brightly shining government installed for eternity. That's your spiritual government. You want to live out of that kingdom government right now. I am going to live out of the kingdom government, dazzling government for eternity. With that kind of hope to excite us, nothing holds us back. Unlike Moses, we have nothing to hide. Everything is out in the open with us. He wore a veil so the children of Israel wouldn't notice that the glory was fading away. And they didn't notice. They didn't notice it then and they don't notice it now. They don't notice that there's nothing left behind that veil. Even today, when the proclamations of that old bankrupt government are read out, they can't see through it. Only Christ can get rid of the veil so they can see for themselves that there's nothing there. Whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil. And there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free! (laughs) 
free. We're free. All of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. Amen! <laughs> Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Give an offering if the spirit leads.